Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 429. So um, it's amazing if you have rhythms and if you have systems, they make life so much easier. And as a creative person, you tend to go against them. You think the freedom is uh, not having any of those things. But reality is uh, to make life easy for yourself and others, having these uh, systems, rhythms uh, makes life so easy so you can be more creative. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. 89% of guests research a restaurant online before dining out. Your website is your first impression. So answer me this question honestly. What does your website say about your restaurant? Also, websites are no longer static brochures. They're dynamic tools that can help you drive revenue. Head over to getbento.com and see why thousands of restaurants trust Bento Box with their websites. And if you mention Restaurant Unstoppable, you can save up to $1,500 on initial setup. Get on it. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for modern small businesses. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service to take care of your team. To help support Restaurant Unstoppable, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Raji Sankar. Raji, are you feeling unstoppable today? Absolutely. Are you? Oh, yeah. I, I wake up and I'm, I'm the only time I stop is to sleep. But even in my dreams, I'm, I'm going hard. Uh, awesome. <laughs> so before we get started, I want to say thank you to Larry. Larry, if I say your name wrong, I apologize. Uh, Giara. G- Giaria? I'm not even sure. Are you familiar with Larry? Who's Larry? Larry is who is the reason why I'm here right now. Ah. <laughs> but he made this introduction happen. He introduced me to uh, Kit. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Larry, for making that happen. Uh, Raji left a life of science, tech, and consulting to pursue the life of a restaurateur. In 2014, she started Wholesome International, the business entity that would start opening Five Guys and Fries throughout PA in Ohio. It t- didn't take long before her own vision for Chula began to sprout. Today, Wholesome International operates a total of 25 guys locations and they're opening their fifth Chula location in the next week, which is really exciting. And that's actually where we are right now uh, here in Pittsburgh. Uh, the location that's about to, to open, you must be pretty excited about that. Very excited. And thank you for having me on this podcast. Oh man, it's, it's an honor. So before we learn more about you and how you got to where you are today, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with the success quarter mantra. What do you got for us? Um, this is the last thing that my mom would have ever expected me to say. In discipline, there is freedom. Ooh, yes. I love that one. In discipline, there's freedom. So dive deeper. What, how is that so? So um, it's amazing. If you have rhythms and if you have systems, uh, they make life so much easier. Um, and as a creative person, you tend to go against them. Yep. Right? You yep. want to have that. 
you break think the, the chains. freedom <laughs> is uh, not having any of those yep. things. But reality is uh, to make life easy for yourself and others, having these uh, systems, rhythms, uh, makes life so easy so you can be more creative. Exactly. It's so true. Awesome way to get this thing started. So I'm curious, um, when did it all start for you as far as the food industry? Because you have a very different path. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile before to, to like learn more about you. You're going off in this way of science, tech, and consulting, and then all of a sudden, boom, the restaurant industry. So how did it all happen? So I um, enjoyed a career in um as a permanent student for a very long time, I was in college forever. Uh, I <laughs> went from degree to degree, um, still searching for my passion. And uh, I worked in the tech industry, um, and that spanned a variety of industries, uh, including uh, healthcare and media and technology and finance. Okay. And uh, primarily technology being the underlying common theme. Okay. Uh, and uh, then I got an uh, opportunity to go back to school for my MBA. Okay. Uh, and I went to Carnegie Mellon and uh, took a course in entrepreneurship in my very first semester and fell in love oh. with business. So what was it about entrepreneurship and business that really made you fall in love? You know, it's uh, about uh, anything is possible and anyone can make anything possible. Yes. And that was just so amazing uh, to me. It just starts it, with a dream. You can do it and uh, it's so powerful. Absolutely. So when you were doing the tech thing, um, you were creating, was it like technical, like operating systems for businesses? Is it ranged from, um, you know, project uh, tools uh, to enterprise-wide resource systems, uh, ERP systems. Uh, so it ran the gamut. Okay, awesome. Um, so how do you think that, do you see, do you see that um, playing a role today, your, your background playing into there? Should we wait to get there? Absolutely. I think uh, everything prepares you yeah. uh, in life. And uh, my engineering degree and my tech background uh, have helped immensely I bet. in uh, shaping how I think. Especially when it comes to systems, processes, procedures, yes. and those disciplines, so you can have that true freedom like we were exactly. talking about. So exactly. I'm sure we'll tap into that, but maybe we'll save that for later. So you fell in love with entrepreneurism, uh, business, and what did you like? When did you have the idea of food and beverage? How did that come into your brain? So until um, so, two thousand um, is when I um, graduated from Carnegie Mellon. But while in Carnegie Mellon, I was very blessed to meet some colleagues, classmates uh, who turned into business colleagues, and we opened two businesses uh, and uh, sold one. Uh, and then the second one uh, did not do, go so well. It okay. was a dot com and a dot bust. Okay. And uh, um, after that, I uh, was. Uh, I had the pleasure of uh, going to work for another very entrepreneurial company in Pittsburgh. And uh, that's where I met my current co-founder and uh, co-CEO okay. and business partner. And what year was it? Uh, this was 2001, 2002. Okay. So it wasn't until three more years that you decided to create Wholesome uh, International. Correct. In 2004 mm -hmm. is when we okay. got into the business. But in 2003, uh, we decided to uh, go do something on our own. And uh, the company we had worked for had been acquired, and uh, we had uh, aspirations of creating something uh, that would be uh, that would touch people's lives. We wanted to make a big difference 
uh, in people's lives. And this is in 2001. You're already starting to have this conversation. In 2003, roughly, is okay. where we started having this conversation. We wrote a business plan for an Indian fast casual concept because fast casual was just emerging. Uh, Panera, Chipotle, you started to see them on the horizon. And uh, it made uh, fresh food being offered to you very quickly mm-hmm. and at prices that people could afford mm-hmm. every day. Yep. And that was the new trend. And we called that trend as going to be the future yeah. uh, for the restaurant industry. And we were very blessed with that call. So we decided to create a business plan. Very quickly realized we knew nothing about the <laughs> restaurant industry. Um, we came in with the vision that we're going to um, make this a career path for people. Often in the restaurant industry, you've, it's very hard work. Yeah. It's amazing work ethic when you look at the people who work in restaurants, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's often um, not return in value for people, right? Yeah. Uh, you don't see uh, people making a career out of it, or if they did, they're not really making a whole lot of money. Uh, so we had a vision. What if we could create a company where people made um, reached their maximum potential and enjoyed um, having a wonderful way of living? And also what they did. And so at this time, this is what you want to do. Uh, we're still 2003. 2003. Um, and you realize we can't get there quite yet. There's still a lot we have to learn. So yes. you started where you could. And that's what I love about your story. So what what brought you on the path? I don't want to tell your story. I'll let you tell the story. But what brought you on the path that you took? So um, we decided to franchise because franchising is a... A great way to um, learn from masters Mm -hmm. and uh, experience their mastery. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are a lot of great concepts out there uh, that um, grow uh, by franchising. Uh, It's a great win-win for both the franchisee and the franchisor. Uh, So we ended up um, with two concepts. Um, One uh, was an Asian concept. And the second was a Five Guys Burgers and Fries. Okay. And this is 2004. So this is when Bur- Five Guys is really just starting to like catch traction, right? That's when they decided to, 2003 is when they decided to franchise. Okay. And, uh, so you got on early. We got on early. We loved the concept. We still love the concept. Um, it's uh, about the passion of the founders. Yeah. What will you do to not compromise on your values? <laughs> okay. What will you do to not compromise on the quality of your food? That was the lesson that we learned through oh, Five man. Guys. I love it. Uh, we can dive more into that. Uh, but I'm curious. Um, so what was it about the Asian? So we figured, uh, while well, you have um, the uh, food that people crave in the United States, yep. burgers and fries, right? And then there is uh, this other concept, which was exotic Asian food, food from six different countries. Um, that was a franchise that did not succeed. And uh, we learned a lot from that, too. Because you learn probably as much from failures as one does from success. Mm-hmm. And uh, being new to the restaurant industry, that was probably one of our quickest MBAs uh, <laughs> in the restaurant world. Uh, we learned about uh, how important supply chain is, mm. how important uh, decisions are on the identity of a brand, uh, things like that. And we saw so many things being done brilliantly by Five Guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another lesson uh, for us. Were you seeing the same things with this other concept, the Asian concept? So um, 
We had bet on young concepts. Okay. And then it all comes down to execution at the end yeah. of the day, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, on what makes a success versus what makes something uh, not live up to its potential. Okay. So what was it about the Asian concept that that didn't work out? So um, that was. Can you was, say what it was, or do you not want to? You know, I know it was just a. Um, you know, there were a lot of things for scaling. They were all over the country, and I think uh, the readiness for scaling up wasn't there. Okay. In that concept. So they grew too fast, maybe. Too fast, uh, too disparate. Okay. Um, How are they desperate? Why? What, what disparate things? markets okay. being all across the country. Okay. Right? Uh, whereas Five Guys uh, grew like a web ah. uh, from Virginia out, which okay. I thought was very cool. Okay. Uh, as I look back on the journey, very smart. Okay, so let's dive deeper into this concept of what drew you to Five Guys was they 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 weren't willing to compromise their passion and values. So why is that so important? Because that's what we believe in. Mm. Uh, so our core values jived. So much with so the values important. of the organization. Why is that so important? Because you're, it's, I'm not starting Raji's Burgers and Fries. I'm <laughs> starting Five Guys Burgers mm-hmm. and Fries. So as a franchisee, if I'm not uh, totally in love with the concept, at least respect the concept immensely. Um, I'm not a good franchisee partner, mm-hmm. nor should I be in that system. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm curious, what are their values? So their values is their commitment uh, to uh, incredible quality of food. Uh, the treatment of the team members is extraordinary. People and the culture uh, within the Five Guys, you'll notice when you walk into a Five Guys, we have fun. Okay. And uh, investment in uh, the team members is a very big part of the culture. So I'm, I'm kind of happy we're going here. I'll be honest. I, I typically shy away from franchises and big corporations because of my values. Yes. And I feel like you can have a much bigger impact on one person Um if you are working directly with that one person. And I, I like to say behind every great restaurant is a great person. And it's your job as that person to form and transform and to mold the next generation of professionals. And it's really hard to do that when you're super distant from people, I feel like. Um, which is one of the reasons why I tiptoe away from it. I actually just had a really good conversation with my boy Rodney. We got kind of heated in the car and why I'm, I'm like kind of like against the, the big corporations, big franchises because of the quality of life or its employees. Uh, but you're telling me that there's a way to do that. And then that, that excites me. I'm happy that you feel like that, that, that you can still scale and have that impact on these lives. So let me give you an example, right? Okay, please. Um, so uh, in Five Guys, uh, we don't spend on advertisements. You won't traditionally see us advertising. Our marketing fund is used mostly uh, for mystery shopping. Uh, and um, every store gets mystery shopped. And then there is awards, monetary awards that our team members can okay. win. By nice. just doing the job that we we're supposed to cool. do, following the process. Awesome, interesting. All right, cool. So those qualities again: uh, this, the quality of the food, uh, the, the value on relationships, the in, the interest in having fun, and the investment in, in their people is what yes. I got from you. Yes. Um. So huge. Okay. So you start with how many five guys? So locations? we opened uh, in 2005. We opened our first uh, five guys in Pittsburgh in Waterworks okay. uh, Mall. And uh, then we opened the next one fairly quickly after in Oakland, which is uh, in the university area. Okay. And uh, that's how we got started. Okay. And were you also working with the Asian concept at the same time? Uh, so we had, um, that's the year we also sh- uh, had our Asian concept, but by the end of the year we had. Okay, uh, so shut that down was kind of a Asian. quick flop. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and uh, just to summarize again, the issue with that was they were 
growing too fast and they didn't really get they didn't plant the roots that there wasn't solid the roots there. Infrastructure, infrastructure or the um identity sometimes there was a crisis of identity okay so then have like their brand wasn't quite there they didn't have that pure vision there they weren't really communicating what, who they wanted to be and what they were is that kind so, of so um the uh it came from um a location and then when you're opening across the country um, the readiness for it uh, requires a completely I hear, different I, 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 right. uh, setup they were bouncing around too far they didn't have that impact in one community yes got you okay so you open your first uh, five guys in 2005 you open your second one shortly after um, what was determining your, the rate at which you opened these how, how did you know how to, how to do that right so um, for us it was we are very big on development from within and we learned very quickly that lesson. Yes. Okay. <laughs> let's go deeper on this development in, within. So, what determined your growth? So, uh, it, our bench that we were able to create, and that came from uh, who we were as an organization. Um, I think the more we put into our team, the more we get back. Mm. Uh, and uh, we are partners on a journey. We spend so much time at work, right? Work is a place where we spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. So uh, what is uh, the growth that each of us experiences is a very big component for us. So we grew very deliberately. Mm-hmm. We opened about a couple of stores uh, a year. Okay. And um, most of our um, leaders are have grown from within. We have people who have been with us. Uh, there is one gentleman who was our very first team member. He's one of our general managers today. Nice. Uh, we have many people who have... Uh, completed 10 years uh, plus with us now. That's awesome. Uh, And that's the exciting part because we all believe in one common uh, mission and that's the pursuit of excellence. Uh, That's the pursuit of being our peak potential. How can we all uh, be those uh, athletes if we were yeah. in basketball or uh, baseball, what could we be? Uh, that's the game that we like to play. Oh, I love it. And one thing I, I like to say, like it's, I don't know if I heard it someplace else, but I say it often, and it's grow your people first, then grow your business because you need people to, to fill those roles. And I, th- I see a lot of people getting in trouble growing their business and then not having the people to support it. And then things just start to crumble around them because it's too much for one person to handle when their people are dropping left and right. You are so right. And we did not, um, the first three years were very hard on us. It was yeah. not easy. We learned our lessons on what, uh, who are we and what kind of culture uh, do we want to have in our organization. We actually weren't from the industry, so we learned. We actually were general managers, uh, both Randir and I. Uh, of our stores okay, um, and we hired people uh, so these were things that you learn by experience and uh, by uh, having se- several flaming failures <laughs> right <laughs> um, and uh, issues that you face and that's when you realize okay I'm not going to compromise yeah and I'm not going to settle I'm going to be this and nothing less so awesome so it took us about three years to get to that state of okay now we have the formula <laughs> yeah. in terms of how can we uh, develop from within. So we, obviously with a franchise, there's, there's systems, processes, procedures, formulas already presented to you. But what kind of formulas are you talking about? How did you build on those formulas? So you get the formulas for when it comes to recipes or when it comes to um, where you buy your food from, the quality of your food, uh, the process, that kind of thing. How when much freedom did you have over that at, in the franchisee model? So um, in a franchisee model, you buy into those, okay. right? Because yeah. that's what... Uh, the franchisor's yeah. role is they're mm-hmm. giving you that structure 
Well, when it comes to people, okay, right? Yep. Um, uh, what kind of incentives can you create for them? How do you decide? Um, how do you hire? How do you? Who do you recruit? So those are the systems that those you are implement. the systems okay. that are, and the training elements of it. How do we create? Um, uh, training in a way that you don't feel stupid. Okay. Right? So I want to dive into this, but first I got to reach over because I feel like I put the mic too high for you. I, I, there you go. I feel better now. Is that better for you? Definitely. Okay. Better. <laughs> awesome. All right. So what did these systems look like? Talk to us, take us through the systems that you were building and, and how we can recreate those systems in our own business. So uh, we created, for example, competency charts okay. uh, saying that you can make more money if you become competent at okay. XYZ. And what does that mean when you have clarity? It's a very exciting game. People play the game by themselves. You don't have to handhold, babysit. It's uh, people pulling yes. that from okay. you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an example of what we did. Okay. Uh, is uh, creating competency charts uh, with uh, monetary uh, recognition Incentives. associated Okay, with cool. It. Awesome. Uh, okay, let's move forward because we still... How far are we into this? Oh, 21 minutes. We still got to talk about Chula. Yes. So... Um, 2005, 2008, you start getting the formula, uh, you're scaling, um, and what are you learning? What did, what did you want? Like, I guess, when did the, the vision for Chula come into frame? That's a great question. So 2011, uh, we took a step back. By now, we had an extraordinary organization, lots of leaders, okay. uh, and our area directors uh, were homegrown, and we were at a point where we took a step back and said, who do we want to be? Um, and... Uh, by then, um, we formulated our mission, vision, and values, and we created our vision that we're going to transform the quality of lives of everyone we touch. And for that, we needed a large-scale um, platform. And uh, once we decided that, we looked at what should we do next. Should we add another franchise, or do we uh, go back to something that we loved from the beginning, which was our Indian concept? Mm-hmm. So we dusted um, that business plan, and we brought it back to life awesome and uh, we looked around by the way the market was perfect by then because um, you would start seeing Whole Foods having shelves with Indian food more than ever mm-hmm. uh, even Target had uh, foods uh, shelves dedicated to frozen foods which were Indian okay and then you would see prepared food section um, in Whole Foods so it was starting it was, so, yeah, yeah Indian was starting to become ubiquitous and all around in the world uh, we started to see those flavors so I, I want I, I know we're moving on to Chula but I'm curious what were the biggest lessons that you picked up being successful with the five guys franchise model that, that you wouldn't have otherwise had if you didn't go through that 10-year process or not 10 years um you know seven or eight year process of learning in building those skills so i think the people culture okay. would be probably my number one and then uh probably equal is the commitment to quality okay Awesome. And those two, um, we would not compromise under any circumstances. Okay, so you dust off the, the business plan, and you're saying we're going to tackle. Did you already have the name? Was it Chula at that point? Or no, you, we had okay. a very goofy name when we first. What is it? I'm the curious. first one. It was called Tenderi Way. <laughs> Tenderi Way. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, then by now we uh, came up with Chula. Chula What's the meaning of Chula? Oven. Yeah. Okay. And in the old days, there was this concept called Sanja Chula which means community oven. Mm. Uh, and people would gather around uh, community ovens. Which was, a, yeah, a huge part of just the, the evolution of mankind. Yes. Uh, these ovens being centralized and cities literally forming around these communal ovens because bread was such a staple of our diets and we needed it. to. Yes. Sort of, and, and yeah, like cities were formed around these, uh, these ovens. Absolutely. Beautiful. And we um, actually um, made the name sound easy. So we kind of created our own version of the yep. name. 
uh, and uh, phonetically, spelled, phonetically out, yep. spelled out, and it also makes it a lot of fun uh, okay. to play with for branding. Um, so those were things that we did with the name, nice. and uh, so we uh, decided this was what we were going to create. Okay. And uh, my co-CEO and co-founder, uh, Randir, and his uh, significant other, his wife, uh, and their two kids moved back to India. Okay. Uh, and uh, his wife happens to be my colleague oh, uh, cool. and head of our product development. So all of our recipes, uh, and you're going to taste some today, oh, I can't are wait. <laughs> uh, architected lovingly um, and painstakingly by uh, Simran. And uh, it was just so much fun. They traveled all around India, little villages to big cities, and then uh, dug into a lot of uh, what family and generational recipes, and then out of that was crafted. Yeah. Chula. And usually I ask the question, like, how did you get the capital? But I'm assuming at this point you were probably, how many, five guys locations did you have going at this point? We had at that point about a dozen locations. Okay. So I'm assuming that you were doing all right with the, that those those 12 restaurants uh, feeding uh, the the beast, if you will, you know the fuel of the fire. Um, so, did you have to go outside to get other capital, so or we have always been very blessed with uh, partners okay. um, that have believed in the vision of whatever we are uh, about to embark on. And I think it's very important to know that that people don't uh, solo create very much. Mm-hmm. There might be those few rare uh, cases. Most of the time, it takes a whole ecosystem. Okay. So what kind of partners were you looking for? So um, we were. these were people we have had in our lives for a very long time. So okay. they believed in us, and we... <laughs> you got food being dropped off. <laughs> Another reason why I really wanted to take the uh, podcast on the road. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's out there. Uh, I admitted it. Um, man, sorry. What was your train of thought? I don't want to break too far away from this. Not, not <laughs> at all. Uh, so um, we invested a lot of our own uh, capital, and we also had some partners who were uh, you know, with us on it. Okay, beautiful. Um, so I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little distracted. Uh, How about do you want to take a break, eat, and then come back? <laughs> okay, because we'll do that. it's hot. Yeah, I like that idea. We're, I'm so sorry to do this. If you're listening, you're probably so jealous of me right now, but uh, this stuff looks too good. We'll be right back. It's like you won't miss anything. We'll be right back. <laughs> awesome. All right, we're back. We're Our bellies are full. That was amazing. Uh, it was so delicious. Thank you so much. You guys are all so kind. Uh, it was truly delicious. Thank you. Um, I would get into the details here, but I think it would, it would be a two-hour long episode if you started talking about all the food that was just brought out. Uh, very kind of you. Thank you. Um, okay, so we're talking about partnerships. So, so are these just financial partners? Or are these partners investing? Or were they actually playing a role in the business? Were they wearing certain hats? Uh, in uh, in in this case, it's been we've always valued our relationships uh, okay. because we gain a lot uh, from them. Uh, and uh, operationally, uh, Randir and I uh, are responsible for the business, but we seek um, lessons learned okay. and best practices. Always learning. Yes, I love it. That's We're a huge part. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. that is a huge part of entrepreneurism. I, I feel like a lot of people get in trouble where they hit a point of like, okay, we we made it, we yeah. got it, we're here, and then the learning stops, and then everybody else just starts like slowly creeping up and surpassing. Uh, so yeah, so, so, so valuable. Um, okay. Do you want to talk to that at all? Do you uh, want to add to that? Just want to say that there's so much that we don't know. Uh, and we're still uh, on our journey uh, as we learn. And every day when we talk to 
some of these amazing folks, uh, we learn something new and something that we can incorporate, whether it is somebody who has made it big in the restaurant industry or in other industries or um, in the investment world. Uh, there's always a nugget okay. that we can take away. So what's the year now uh, when we, where we left off, 2013? So we said 2012, uh, my business partner, and Randir, and... Uh, uh, you know, and his wife Simran, who's our head of product management, they moved to India, okay, that's and right. they've been gone for two years. Um, and out of that, the menu was born. Okay, and um, we knew that Achula was something special, and we wanted it to be not only authentic but also accessible. Okay, and uh, and in comes uh, our chief creative officer. We had reached out to um, uh, Jay Nesbitt, who had uh, founded. Uh, his own uh, agency yeah, and uh, incredible, incredible work that they so had done in one, Pittsburgh. Yeah, one thing I love about you is you, you, you recognize the value of, of outsourcing people who are really good at they are and surrounding yourselves with the best. Talk to us about why that's so important. Uh, and it goes back to the concept of uh, having an amazing ecosystem around us. Whether it is uh, finance, uh, whether it is design, whether it is uh, money, uh, or uh, whether it is simply coaching and mentoring. So that's where it comes from. And you have a group of very smart people, Mm. and they're all aligned uh, towards the same direction and believe in the same cause. Mm. It's a mastermind. So what's the secret to getting that alignment? I think it comes from having a cause that is worthy enough, bigger than all of us, that we can just... Aligned to. So you have to define the cause, Define right? the cause. That's your vision. Okay. And if that vision, and not everybody uh, has to buy into it, mm-hmm. right? But the people who are creating it mm-hmm. certainly need to be big, big evangelists. So you're saying it's okay to actually have people on your team, line, line staff that don't buy into the, the vision, the mission? Uh, no. I okay. did not say that. I, what I meant by that is there might be people in the I'm world. Happy you <laughs> yes, the people in the world <laughs> okay. who may not be aligned, and that's okay. okay. It, I'm not saying that we, our vision yeah. is perfect for everyone. You can't make everybody yeah, happy. But I can't make everybody exactly. happy. But okay. my vision, uh, our vision and mission, needs to be a single compass for everybody who is within the organization. Yes, awesome. I love it. Okay, so let's talk about what it was like actually bringing this beautiful beast uh i call it a beast because of all the moving parts that you have going on uh because you came from and this is something we were talking about off air you came from five guys uh which is a very simple uh good quality beef in french fries maybe some cajun seasoning but logistically it's not that complex it's pretty straightforward only a couple menu items you're going from that putting the patty on the grill uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's more complex than that, but I'm, I'm, I'm embellishing a little bit uh, to what you just brought out in front of me, which is j- like, like I don't even know where to start uh, with the crazy seasoning, uh, so diverse, so many options. This isn't simple. Like this, how do you, how do you plan on uh, scaling something that's so that's so, so much more complex than say a Five Guys? So um, clearly, this is very different from a Five Guys, um, but there is a fundamental philosophy that is um, a core to us, whether it is Five Guys, whether it is Chula, and that's making sure that our infrastructure is very strong, uh, that our people, uh, you know, um, the engine that creates the talent pool at their peak potential is very strong. Uh, and the fact that we have a team that is completely aligned uh, mm. with our vi- vision, mission, and values. Mm. So those are the umbrella of tenets 
that kind of create uh, magic, whether it is um, Five Guys or whether it is mm-hmm. Chula. Chula uh, has actually made uh, the Indian menu. It's actually a subset of what you typically see in Indian restaurants. You may see very large menus, mm-hmm. and that's very common with ethnic restaurants. What we have done is pared it down. And our offering is uh, a fast casual offering. Yeah. So it's a limited uh, yeah. set of uh, offering. Much larger than a uh, fast casual burger um, menu, but uh, still when you consider the realm of what an Indian menu can look like, um, we actually had to pare down and say, this is what we <laughs> Yeah, be, I'm sure it must have been hard to yes. Like, yes. say, sorry, you delicious <laughs> yes, piece of morsel. You don't make the cut. That's right. Uh, but um, as far as logistically go, like. Are, how, how are you are you going to have a commissary or are you going to have a central spot where you're preparing doing a lot of off-site pre- preparation or is everything going to be in-house on location so um, I can comment on some things on this okay. uh, what we uh, do is we make our own spice blends okay uh, so we have our own facility that okay. uh, takes whole spices and uh, very important for us that the sourcing be uh, as clean as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason why we do that. Uh, so things like that so that we allow ourselves um, to be set up for success. Okay. Because that's what goes into the food, right? Okay, yep. Uh, so we've done smart things um, for ourselves to allow us uh, to uh, have consistent profile of that spice blend. Absolutely rocks. I can say so myself. Yeah, it, does. it was a lot of work. Um, painstaking work that ended up uh, creating that uh, and we work very hard on sourcing um, for example our chicken is Bell and Evans and uh, it's uh, humanely raised air chilled we love that antibiotic free we work very hard on sourcing our salmon our paneer cheese is made by the Amish yeah. uh, to our recipe and uh, it's very exciting because it's a wonderful sustainable solution for mm-hmm. both parties so I'm curious about that the cheese because uh, the Amish have values so they're pretty well known of like not necessarily being to massive scale they try to keep things as small as possible as sustainable as possible what happens when Chula if Chula grows is hopefully it does grow um, I don't see why after just experiencing your hospitality and this food why it wouldn't grow how, how do you plan on incorporating some of these charms like the incorporating the, the, the Amish cheese like do you think that they'll be able to support a massive uh, how do you plan on doing that so um, we know that at this point in time we uh, have the capacity to uh, purchase more okay and uh, you know we'll have to come up with a brilliant solution uh, when uh, we get to that point it'll be a great problem to have don't yeah. you think yeah those are good problems yes. to have I guess uh, it's just I'm just super curious is all um, so let's talk about logistics um that was kind of what your background was technology uh and logistics in operating systems right yes am i i'm kind no, of that we are junkies for those okay yes, yes. so uh we talked a lot about the the impact it, that having that solid culture and growing your people has on your operation but what about logistically because i know the fast casual model there's so many benefits to being able to systematize that and which is one of the reasons why so many people are going to that model because it's easier to train it there's so many pros to it um how are you planning on approaching this uh this model i guess so as as much as you can systematize as you said is perfect right um it allows for replicability okay. that allows you to scale. Yep. Uh, very important to do that, whether it is how exactly do you put a naan in a tandoor yeah. um, to how you grind your spices um, to how you make your paneer. All of those things are systems. Yep. How you train someone, uh, how you hire someone, 
Uh, how do you uh, develop someone? All of those things are systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, systems uh, are exactly what allow you to have replicability. Okay. So we're working very hard on creating yeah. those foundation, uh, that foundation, those bulletproof systems. So what's that process look like, that system for onboarding somebody look like to get them uh, online? Um, are you just training them on one thing and like growing them from there? Or how does that look? So we identify uh, tracks. For training uh, people, and we kind of initially you estimate that this person might be gravitating towards this uh, track, uh, whether it is a service track or culinary track. And uh, we try out a station if that may not be the right station, but we see the intensity of interest and desire Mm -hmm. to want to learn, we'll try another station. Okay. And that's how uh, we have found success. So you call these tracks, is it like a is it if you start here you're going to end up here and you're going on that track and there's different tracks yes we have uh, at the moment uh, two tracks that we uh, try to train people what are those on. two tracks so there's a service track uh, which includes the uh, guest the ambassador front of, yep. yeah front of the house piece and then there is the culinary track which includes our okay. beautiful tandoors beautiful um, what's that that track look like as far as let's talk about the back of house how long does it take somebody to get on the train because uh, we're on tracks, uh, they're you know getting on board, and that train's taking off. How long does it get take them to get to the end of the rail? So uh, it's a very individual journey if you think about it, because um, different people have different types yep. of uh, ways of learning, Makes sense. right? Yep. Uh, so we work with that uh, on um, if they have the aptitude for something and if they have the desire. Fundamentally, it comes down to um, whatever they are willing to invest in mm-hmm. is what. Uh, comes out as a result. Okay. Right? So we work with, um, some might take uh, three days to learn something, some might learn in a two-hour time frame. So it's very individual when okay. it comes to learning. Interesting. Um, okay, so why did you choose, your first location was in Virginia, correct? Uh, it was actually Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Yes. So why did you choose Cleveland, Ohio? So uh, Cleveland, we had a wonderful ecosystem. We had uh, some amazing partners, uh, vendor partners. Uh, we also had a very huge base of our own team. Okay. Uh, so it made sense for us That's to where your people start were. in Cleveland. Yeah. Yes. It's all about the people, right? Yes. So what about the, was the, the, demographic there to support? Was there, is there a heavy Indian demographic? Or are you, are you not even focusing on the, the Indian so, demographic? So we would love to say Indians, um, you know, love uh, our product. We've been very blessed to have their blessings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very important to us because authenticity is very core to mm-hmm. what we do. At the same time, accessibility is also very important to us. So we have um, heard from our Indian guests who have traveled from Michigan, from Pittsburgh to our Cleveland oh, store. Cool. Right. Uh, so it's very um, actually heartwarming to me uh, personally to hear those stories. There are stories where um, some will tell us this reminds me of my nani's cooking. Nani is grandmother, mm-hmm. um, so that's very it's a ratatouille moment for me. We have heard that on uh, and these show up on our uh, social media nice. reviews, so you can read them as well. That's awesome. And it's uh, exciting to get that feedback. We also are very excited because we get guests who have never had Indian food before, okay, and they come back. And we get a huge amount of repeat visits. So what was that, that first location like? How, how was it catching your stride, your opening? I mean, you've been a successful in the hospitality, the food and beverage industry up to this point with the five guys. Uh, but what was it like pulling the trigger on your, you know, opening the doors for the first time with your own location? What was that like? We had no idea what to expect, right? Okay. Uh, it was funny. It took us, uh, we had uh, our windows boarded with signs that coming soon. Yep. And uh, 
in fact it's really funny we got a one star Yelp review because we hadn't opened yet <laughs> oh man that's funny and guys so, are killing our ratings <laughs> uh, and that was before we opened right yeah uh, so that was very funny and um, but we uh, didn't know what to expect but what was magical mm-hmm. was that people fell in love with the food that's awesome our food delivery system uh, was uh, really one of the things that we were very encouraged with and how a brand new system you don't know how it's going to work the team performed beautifully where we found uh, is the biggest piece biggest challenge is educating that this is not what you think it might be it's actually amazing food that's highly accessible so uh, what was your biggest challenge in that time is educating our guests educating yeah Um, because it's not like everybody knows um, all the items, okay. right? So our uh, guest ambassadors is what we call them, the front of the house uh, team members. They uh, work very hard uh, to share with the guests so that they can actually um, choose the right items. Yeah, and it must not be easy educating. I'm assuming that the majority of your employees weren't of Indian descent, so a lot of this is strange to them. you got to get them off the par. Exactly. That must be a challenge in itself. So we spend a lot of time in our orientation on food tasting mm-hmm. and food education. Oh, that's nice. Because if you know that, then yeah. it's very easy to share with mm-hmm. a guest. Okay, cool. Um, so how long did you have the first location before you were going to try to open your second location? Like- so we were open two years. Okay. And then we decided uh, to expand. Okay. And last year we opened three locations uh, in Virginia so and Philadelphia. So 2016 is when you opened your second location. Uh, 2017, actually. 17. Yeah. And then uh, you only have... Well, not only, but you have five locations. So about to open your fifth. About to open our fifth. So that's pretty. I mean, I've seen a lot of other concepts that grow and then they start growing really fast. Are you intentionally kind of doing this? Like, not that it's it's not slow. You're not moving slowly, but you are. I mean, you have a lot of momentum. A lot of people are excited about what you're doing. I feel like you could open faster if you wanted to. Uh, but are you choosing to kind of like slowly accelerate? So we op- this will be four locations in 13 months for us. Okay. Well, so that's, we had, so that's fast. Yeah. Yeah, that's fast. Um, uh, we had opened one and then we waited for two years to get our legs under us yep. and to get ourselves. How did you know you were ready for number two? Um, once, once we knew our team and our food and our delivery system, our processes were at a certain point and we were able to replicate um, that, that's How'd when you know said, they're at that point? Uh, so oh, you know that I can source yep. in uh, Virginia as easily as I source here. Yep. The same process will apply. It'll take the same lead time. And uh, once we had the bench so to what, open our uh, new stores. What's uh, the, the framework, the infrastructure was there and it can support correct. the second location? Correct. Okay. Um, what about your people? Where were your people at two years? I bet you had a lot of people chomp, chomping at the bit for growth, right? We do. And I'm so excited that one of our um, managing partners of our locations is a, um, is a wonderful uh, young lady who grew from within. Nice. So that's another development story for Great. us. Yes. So your biggest... Challenge getting started was educating your staff and your customers on the culture, the food, and what they're eating. What was the the second challenge to scaling that? So I think the biggest, uh, the second challenge is the bench. Okay, having enough people when you're starting on a small base, uh, you can grow on a base of ten much easier than you can grow on a base of one. What do you mean by that? I'm not question. What I mean by that is if you have one store, okay, and you're now trying to grow into five stores. Out of that one store, you're trying to yeah, uh, launch five, yeah, yep. um, five stores. It's not easy. So you're trying to groom 
the people in that one store to feed into the other stores, uh, but you only have so much room, so much opportunity for one so for so many people in one store. Correct, and especially when they are in different geographies, it's even harder. Okay, right? so what's the secret uh, to that? So, um, so it was hard. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying it was easy, <laughs> and we're still working yeah. on it. Uh, but now that we have seeded the markets. Now we have a launching pad for each of our markets. Okay. Uh, and uh, keeping fingers crossed that the second one will be much easier. Nice. Awesome. Uh, uh, I say awesome way too much. And I've had somebody actually write to me saying enough with the awesomes. But <laughs> I don't know. It just comes out. I mean, there, there could be worse things to say, right? I would so agree. Awesome is a great word. wearing like a rubber band and slapping myself Everybody, I do it, every time I do it. Um, okay. So we're at 44 minutes right now. Um, I am curious. Do you do you think, in your opinion, is there such? Are you familiar with, with Danny Myers and the uh, huge fan? Okay, uh, did you catch uh, Small Giants by any chance? The Bo Burlingham book, Small Giants. No, okay. I haven't. Okay, so it's a great book. Um, a lot of what he talks about is uh, companies that choose to be small because of the the mojo, the impact you can have on a small level. So, is there is there such a thing as too big? I don't know yet because yeah. I have not reached that uh, point yet to say yeah. there's anything as too big. Uh, I do know that um, I would love to see Chula in every corner of the globe. Yeah. That is uh, one of her because we want to make a big impact. Yeah. They, they use Danny Meyer in that book. They, they profile his company. And this is before... Well, it wasn't before Shake Shack, but it was before he scaled Shake Shack uh, as a, a company. And he talks about uh, there's a certain level of mojo, right, that goes into every store. And as you start growing, you're diluting that mojo just a little bit. Are you worried about that? You know, that is always um, the biggest million dollar question, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, how do you keep that small company feel intact? Right now, I know every single person's name in my company. So what happens like five years from now when you have... I mean, so we need replicas, like right? We need replicas of yeah. uh, the same culture, the same feel. Um, and our senior leadership uh, team is like that. Mm-hmm. We all share in those common values and we all know. When mm-hmm. I say I know the names, so does everybody on our senior leadership team. We all know the names of our team mm-hmm. members we care. Uh, and if we can make that as the uh, standard for everybody, our managing partners are like that. Mm-hmm. They know the names of everyone in their store and what you know what everybody's needs are what do you need to develop them uh so if we had that replicated uh that is essentially uh what the magic would be so you're recreating yourself and others you're uh influencing as much as you can influence to to give these people who are working with you the the same values the, the disciplines that you have and you're trying to recreate yourself in them so they can recreate others the same way that you've done not recreate but you know mentor grow groom right and uh, another way to maybe uh, phrase that would be that we all um, live our mission vision and values okay so um, as long as we are all bought in and we're all aligned it shows starkly when someone is not bought in yeah right and you've probably experienced that in uh, your experiences in uh, your past life when you know there is a couple or more that completely are misaligned with the vision that shows yeah Uh, but what if um, the system was such that you were able to bring together a bunch of smart people who actually find this to be a cause. Mm, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I think you'd really like that book too. And I think the, one of the reasons why Danny Meyer has been so successful at Shake Shack is because of the, the presence that he has. Like he's literally groomed the entire industry because of the yes. book that he wrote. And he has this crazy presence in the industry. So 
like I said before, like it seems like every time you open a new location, you're diluting yourself. But he's created his values, his beliefs, his what he believes to be true about uh, hospitality and business in his book that he's able to he, he has so much presence he does there's such a presence there right that he can have almost afford to be diluted because of the, the presence he's created for himself and it's it's the truth right the yeah. truth for the organization uh, I will definitely read that book yeah I think thank you, you def- for that you dig it uh, so how do you plan on creating that presence so uh, for us it's all about through stories of our mission vision and values um, the more stories you share mm-hmm. right from how we started our journey mm-hmm. uh, orientations are very important in my view, because yeah. that's the time where somebody brand new is being brought into a fold. Yeah. And for them to hear the stories, for them to experience and for them to be able to see it's real mm-hmm. is very, very important. Yeah. And um, we had a lot of fun on Monday when we had our orientation. We shared a lot of stories. We had uh, panels uh, where we asked questions, fun questions for all our leadership. Those who couldn't be there were on a video conference call. Uh, from all across, uh, and it was something very palpable. Mm-hmm. Our team could feel the mission, vision, and values. And you're doing more than just creating food. You also have a lot of plans, uh, philanthropic in nature, to to give. You, you got to give before you get, and that also contributes to your presence. So, how are you uh, hoping to give to add on to that presence that you have? So, community. Uh, we said uh, our uh, vision is to transform the quality of life mm-hmm. of everyone we touch. Mm-hmm. That includes our community. Uh, so being engaged with the community is a critical part. And as we open Pittsburgh, um, we are for 30 days, we're going to partner with 30 different organizations uh, with 30% of the sales um, as contributions uh, for uh, the partnering organizations. So we're very excited about being able to give back, uh, whether it is through fundraisers or whether it is through um, you know, any particular projects that they might want to fund. Right, it okay. may not be just so you're just the going. Organization. You're going to these different organizations, and you're saying to them, like, "What do you want to do? Like, we want to. Like, is that how it works?" So um, we've been very blessed with a wonderful uh, gentleman who leads uh, Kit um, Miller, yeah. who's leading our. Which is why I'm yeah. I'm here right now. He yes. uh, he introduced or Larry introduced me to Kit. Yeah, so uh, Kit's been um, because for us it was impo- important to impact the community. So yeah. he's been working in identifying organizations that would be great um, to support. And then throughout the year, we're going to continue partnering with community organizations. Oh, that's beautiful. And just within uh, Pittsburgh or through Cleveland, Pittsburgh, uh, Virginia, different the cities where your, your locations are currently? So uh, for us, being a part of the uh, communities in every uh, community is very important to us. Okay. Uh, these uh, initiatives that I'm speaking of is just because we are opening a store. Okay, I got you. Uh, so that is uh, right now the newest in the news, right? Okay. Uh, but... Everywhere, uh, being a part of the community is a huge, huge factor. Are you going to recreate this every time you open a new location? I would love to. Okay. That would be so fantastic, (laughs) wouldn't it? It Giving back at that level would be so fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Um, I can't believe it's already been 51 minutes. Is there anything up to this point uh, of the free-flowing conversation uh, that we haven't covered that you were hoping we would discuss that you could share with us, add more value to the conversation? So I think uh, that this is a very exciting time for the restaurant industry. Oh, yeah. A lot of uh, great brands, a lot of great leaders, thought leaders, like you mentioned one, Danny Myers, right? There's so many amazing uh, leaders out there, so so much investment happening in our world. So I would encourage a lot of people to consider uh, having a career in the food service industry because mm. there's no time like the present. Yeah, there is a lot of hope. There is a, a lot of sharing of knowledge. There's a lot of uh, people seeing where where we went wrong and 
doing things to, to kind of move back in the right direction again. And I agree with you. It's, it's a super exciting time for sure. Um, okay, we're going to take a break to thank our sponsors. Uh, second break. I usually don't take two breaks in one episode, but a second break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, guys, it's time to get real and answer this question honestly. Does the quality of your website match the quality of your restaurants? If the answer is no, you need to do something about it because 89% of your guests will go to your website before going to your restaurant. So you've got to make sure you're bringing it to all aspects of your business. And this is where Bento Box comes in. Not only will Bento Box help you deliver your brand and your story online, but it will help you leverage the full potential of the internet because websites are no longer static brochures. They're dynamic tools that help you drive revenue. With Bento Box, easily update menus, promote events, share press, sell gift cards, take catering orders, and book private events, plus way more directly from your website. Find out why Bento Box is trusted by thousands of restaurants around the world, including past and future guests like Suvla, Pizza Emily, Eleven Madison Park, The Meatball Shop, and more. Head to getbento.com and make sure you mention Restaurants Unstoppable to get up to $1,500 off your initial setup. Payroll and benefits, it's hard. Sometimes it feels like a foreign language, especially for small businesses. I mean, you, you're too busy running your business. You don't have time to be an expert in all things taxes and regulations. That's why there's Gusto. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy to get things right. PC Mag and Fit Small Business have called Gusto the best payroll for small businesses. Gusto will save you time. 72% of customers spend less than five minutes to run their payroll. Gusto is more efficient and reliable. Four out of five customers actually reduce payroll errors after switching to Gusto. People who succeed in this industry have access to systems and information, and Gusto will provide both. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash unstoppable. G-U-S-T-O dot com slash unstoppable. All right, so we're back, and uh, we were just chit-chatting here during the, the break, and we started talking about uh, the power of just putting things out into the universe. And I, and I said, uh, I was like, I, you know, I just I, I just took a leap with taking the podcast on the road, and I didn't have a plan, but I knew I just had to go, and I said, the universe will, you know, will take care of me if, if you know, and then I got stopped, and what did you say? And I said, um, "What did you mean by that?" Right? <laughs> yeah. And we yeah. had the same belief. So, yes. what 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 do you mean, or what does what I say said? Uh, how does that resonate with you? Uh, because uh, we are big believers in that, and what you put out into the universe, you get tenfold back, and uh, it's something we hold very core. Um, because we are here, truly. When you look at Chula in one a little uh, word, if I were to explain, explain, we're about the creating joyful experiences. Yeah. And uh, we get tenfold more joy yeah. uh, than we can possibly imagine. I think it's um, that element of what we contribute yeah. in our space, in our thinking, in our worlds, and the powerful ask. Yeah comes back yeah it, it's so powerful the birds of the feather flock together and if you if you live to serve uh 
like the, the universe will pay you back. The, the universe will provide the means. Uh, it will it will support you. So whatever you're trying to do, as long as it's a, a good cause, right? Absolutely. And it has to be a good cause because Absolutely. you only attract like objects. Uh, is if you put that good energy out there and you, you show up and you just look to uh, grow every day and you live intentionally, like the the universe will paint a path for you. So so beautifully said. Awesome. That's close to my heart. <laughs> Great. Okay. So the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? I think I uh, like to learn a lot. I don't have all the answers and I'm very aware of that. Always learning. I love it. What is your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness is I can be uh, stubborn at uh, times and uh, that can be a big, big uh, roadblock at times. So what are you stubborn about? So if I sometimes believe this is how uh, the right path is, Mm -hmm. that can sometimes prevent me from seeing other other paths. Yeah. Okay. Uh, What's one question you ask or thing you look for when you're trying to build your team? So uh, how would they contribute uh, and elevate us as a team and how can we contribute to their growth? Ooh, those, so those are two questions. We always look like, can we add something mm-hmm. um, to uh, this individual's uh, self-actualization actual- uh, and what could they add to ours? Okay, and why is that? That's, well, the first time I think you said, what can you do to, add, to lift us up and what can we do to lift you up? Why is it so important for you to find out how you can lift them up? Because uh, that is the journey we are on. Mm. And we're talking about transforming the quality of lives. And that's very essential. If we cannot contribute and help them, yes. uh, then um, we are the wrong partners. Yeah, and that's that's your mission, to, to transform people. So you need to know from the very beginning, what can I do to live my mission? How can I yes. live my mission through you? How can I help you get to where you're trying to go? Yes. I love it. Uh, what's a current challenge? How are you dealing with it? So our biggest current challenge is that we are in multiple markets uh, at the same time. And, uh, you know, uh, building our brand awareness uh, in multiple markets at the same time yeah. is a lot of fun right now. Okay. How are you dealing with that? So, uh, one of, well, first of all, thank you <laughs> <laughs> for helping us, oh, right? Oh, pleasure. Um, grassroots is very important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, being an engaged part of uh, the community awesome. is uh, our out there. Put it into yeah, the universe, it right? Put it into the universe, yeah, yes. I dig it. Uh, what is one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team so these are like beliefs core values ways you're transforming your team innerly like on the inside so we actually have five but i'll go with the one that actually we talk about a lot is integrity Mm -hmm. and uh, that in our world means we honor our word Mm. it's a very hard thing to do as you know yeah right yeah especially Um, if you're ambitious you want to do all these things and uh it's uh, something that once one learns that or lives a uh, majority of the time in that space, uh, it's amazing how life just is. Awesome. It's just amazing. I just said awesome, man. Where's my rubber band? I just slapped myself. <laughs> uh, share a code of... Con- oh, I already said that. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So this is something that's like a on like a service level, so something that's standard in your operation, but not standard in the industry. Like. Does that make sense? Yes. It's a, kind of a tricky question. Yes. So learning so how to ask it. So it's right? not, uh, we, we're not talking about customer service. We're not even talking about guest service. For us, delight. Delight. Delight is critical. Okay, so what is delight So we need to, to delight every guest every time. So when they walked in, they left feeling this um, 
wow, I had a transformational experience. It could be that somebody, we have examples of this, Eric, and I'll share uh, some with you. There's one particular one that just tugs at my heart. Uh, and they put the uh, guest put it on their Instagram. And that's how I found out. My team did not tell me they did this. So a lady walks in and they had uh, a situation with their mom being in the hospital. They were very upset. And uh, our team member heard it. Uh, at the register and they wrote a little handwritten note saying I hope your day gets better mm. as simple as that it was a post-it on uh, top of uh, this takeout food and uh, the guest posted it on Instagram with saying to the owner I hope you know your employees are so amazing you know, again it goes back into that whole putting it into the universe and living yes. your beliefs and living your values and when you do good like good spreads you know yeah. it's very powerful and I, I have this new habit when when um, my guests say a word that's a very common word uh, we take words for granted sometimes we don't really ch- look look into the meaning of the word so yes. uh, delight uh, to please someone greatly yes so i don't know it's just kind of fun to really look into those words it's not too deep but you know so the, that's right but when you when you put that into context like we are here to please people greatly and like and that's just kind of impactful, and above and beyond that yeah. guest was not expecting that awesome okay the next question i should have these memorized by now but i move them around a lot and my memory is garbage um <laughs> share an online resource or tool Share an online uh, resource or tool. Um, I uh, love podcasts. Okay. I do. Um, I don't have a whole lot of time these days, um, but I do read a ton okay. on Kindle. Okay. Um, I'm huge on one particular book, uh, if I can kind of well, tell you. We have a book question coming, so okay. leave that one I'll leave that alone. Yeah. What is your favorite podcast? Um, so um, I have uh, listened to... Um, Gosh, I have to say, it's Restaurant Unstoppable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm, I'm blushing. But uh, really, though, what is one? No, one seriously, um, though, uh, I'm making this my uh, favorite one as of now. Oh. The reason is, uh, this is my industry. Yeah. It's close to my heart. Cool. Right. Well, it doesn't I get just, better. Yes, I just scored another listener. The the downloads are going up. <laughs> uh, what's one book that's a must read to make us a better person or a restaurant owner? Uh, I think, uh, or any business owner for this matter, there's a book called Scaling Up. Ooh, I think I've heard of that one before. I yes, think it might be in my head It's list. a fantastic book. Scaling Up. What's the biggest lesson from that book you've learned? So um, it's about... Uh, uh, you know, you need to have um, four strategies is what the book, uh, uh, you know, kind of indicates. I think I've read this book, actually. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. So Go it's on. about uh, people. It's yeah. about your strategy. It's about execution. And it's about cash. Yes. And how you um, manage these four. All right. Yeah. It's kind of if you can excel in all four. Uh, you're uh, set for scaling up. Yeah, yeah. and I think uh, a lot of times we don't like to think about cash, but I think cash can be a great governor as far as determining your growth. That's true. Because uh, you need the cash, and a lot of people get ahead of the cash. That's right. Uh, so there's a big lesson. And just in that alone, that's, I think that's what stood out to me the most in that book. Yes. Uh, okay, what's one piece of technology you've adopted in your restaurants to improve communication, to uh, improve profitability, or just operations in general that you're, you're really excited about? So I'm uh, excited about this because this yes. is kind of your jam. We use uh, Tiny Pulse. Have you ever heard of it? I that? haven't. So Tiny Pulse is a really cool uh, tool that you can uh, get suggestions on. Uh, you can uh, you get anonymous uh, answers to a question, and there's a happiness score. Oh, nice. It measures 
team member happiness. So this is uh, something that your team is doing at the end of their shift? They're, they're checking in or you're tracking that number? It just comes to your phone. Okay. And it kind of gives you a good sense of the engagement uh, of your team. Yeah. And uh, it also tells you uh, when things are not going yeah. the way they should yeah. for someone. And you're able to reach is out it and anonymous? help. Uh, it is anonymous. They can choose to make it non-anonymous, but it is uh, that's the factor that gives a lot of comfort to people who are shy. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. I had Mike Canino on the show a few times, uh, but one of the times he was on the show, I think it might have been the first time, like hundreds of episode, episodes ago, uh, he said, the number one uh, number that you should be tracking in your restaurant, every restaurant should be tracking this number. It's an easy number to track. Is a scale from one to ten, how happy were you today? You see, there you go. Yeah. That's our, um, yeah. and it's, this is a very simple process. Once a week, it sends out a question, a random question, and it's all tied to happiness. Yeah. And then even, um, who's that really rich dude? I can never remember his name. Uh, he's the guy that owns like Coca-Cola now and um, Buffett. Warren Buffett? Warren Buffett, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, there's a lot of power that comes from anonymous tips too. So if you can give people a, a channel of communication that's anonymous uh, to like to flag when the issues are up, to, yes. to cue you to go in deeper, yes. he, he contributes a lot of his success to anonymous tips. So. How cool is that? Yeah, awesome stuff. See, this is why these are never speed rounds because I'm a, I talk <laughs> too much. Okay. Um, if you got the news, this is the last question. It's a doozy. Unless you have any other technology tools you're excited no, about. No, this is uh, okay. perfect. If you got the news that you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. Yes. And all the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants would be lost with your departure. Yes. Except for three pieces of wisdom, three nuggets of knowledge you know to be true that will, will improve the good of humanity. What would those three pieces be? So I would say that, um, you know, relationships are everything. And uh, don't forget to say I love you to everyone in your life. Um, so that would be my first uh, advice. Second would be that... Uh, uh, don't take life too seriously. <laughs> uh, have fun. Uh, and uh, the third one would be uh, just be yourself. Mm, awesome. I'm, I'm so happy you shared those three, uh, especially that second one. I, I, I say I love you a lot, and I feel like I creep people out when I do it. Um, and I've been saying at the end of I, I say at the end of uh, the episode sometimes I love you all, and I'm like, should I say that? Is that weird? But you just reinforce it. Now I'm I'm, I'm going to say it more often, unless I forget. But I dig it. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> those are all my questions. You've been so great. Uh, you, you just provided so much value. It was a, just a real joy to be here and to to learn your story and to to gather your advice. Before I let you go, I got to ask: Who is one independent restaurant operator, or maybe somebody in the franchise world? I mean, I gave like you're you're in the franchise world, and you were great. So maybe I should open up a little bit more um who is somebody you admire in this industry and think would make a great guest mentor like you made for us today um i have a lot of people that i think are amazing in this world um and especially in the restaurant industry danny myers is one that you mentioned um ron shake at panera has done some amazing things um and uh also i would say uh maybe a little outside the box but uh howard behar uh is someone whose whose book i was a huge fan of and what's his book um, he wrote um, One Cup of Coffee, I think. Uh, it's, it's about, uh, I hope I'm not confusing with Schulze's book, um, but uh, he uh, wrote a book about culture. Okay. And uh, he was in operations. He's in operations gem. Nice. And uh, it was, uh, he would talk about how he would walk into a building and he said, you need to uh, just listen to the building. <laughs> yeah, you really set the bar high for me on this one, but I'll, I'll try to get them on the show. Uh, and let the folks at home know if we want to follow what you're doing with Chula uh, and maybe come join your team. And I'm going to put a little plug in here for you because the path you took to get to where you are today is the path I tell people to take. Go get experience. Find somebody who's the best. Whatever 
you know, in your community, whoever's crushing it, whoever's the best, go work for them, learn as much as you can, surround yourself with amazing people. And then once you learn go do your own thing and that's the path you took. Um, and you could be that path for, for somebody else. Um, and what you're doing here is really great. So how can we connect with you? If maybe we want to come join your team, come learn under you and, if you want to grow you know, we, we are always looking for amazing rock stars to join our team. Uh, we have a lot of fun. We are a family. Uh, they could go to join.chula.com. Uh, that's C-H-O-O-L-A-A-H.com. And they can apply. And uh, if they would put in their referral uh, saying they listen to this podcast, uh, we'll definitely be sure to take extra attention. Oh, great. Awesome. Uh, so head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 429. I'll have a link in the show notes. And uh, I'll have a, uh, a link to, to go jump over to Chula. Uh, what was that link again? Join.chula.com. Join.chula.com plus a link to the books and services and a summary of today's discussion all over at restaurantunstoppable.com slash 429. Thank you so much. I'm afraid to say your name. I, it's because of my stupid American dumbness. Araji Sankar. Araji Sankar. <laughs> Sankar. You're Sankar. so close. I'm so you got bad. my first name. That's, the matter. That's what <laughs> oh matters, God, I'm so right? Um, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, to share your knowledge, to make us all better. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you so much, and thank you for actually coming to our, our restaurant. You just added so much joy to all of us, and you are an amazing, amazing host. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, cheers. <laughs> Wow. Uh, where do you start with today's conversation? Some huge lessons. I think first and foremost, freedom through discipline, you know, get that freedom to, to go get the things you need to get done, done. And then that frees you up to grow, to learn, to, to become, uh, to work on yourself. Right. And then going, uh, to work for another franchise like five guys like just when they're getting started to learn the industry uh, not only are you learning the industry but you're getting the tools the resources uh to do it right and you're getting capital right that you can use to invest in your own dream your own vision uh the way they went about doing that was beautiful uh just the importance of growing slowly and growing your people growing from within is what she says right grow from within so look don't look outward for growth look inward for growth work on your people grow your people grow your systems grow your procedures get that discipline right uh, and that's where freedom comes from us uh, and that's where you know good steady growth and healthy growth comes from where you're really transforming these people you touch and that's their mission right to transform lives uh, or their vision is to, to transform every life they see i think it's so powerful and then getting people to buy into your mission and your vision if you want to do great things if you want to operate something on a bigger scale you need everybody pulling in the same direction the more people you throw into the pot the more potential directions there are for people to pull so it's so 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 crucial to get these things written down to hire for people who are like-minded and then to really spell it out and to uh, spread that vision to spread that that mission and those values as far and as deep as possible emphasis on the deep uh really making sure people buy into those those things is so important uh and i think kind of just to bring back the whole idea of the importance of going to learn for people who uh know what they're doing who can teach you the business Uh, on that note uh they are at four or five franchise uh locations right now they're looking to grow i'm tempted man if i didn't have the podcast i would be hopping on this franchise because these people uh, are the kind of people you want to surround yourself with and, and if there's one lesson i've learned doing these episodes you're you you are the average of the people you surround yourself with so uh take her up on the offer or at least re- reach out again i think that uh that link was join 
www.chula.com. It's in the show notes. This is episode uh, 429. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 429 to find that link. And you know how to reach out to me, Eric, at restaurantunstoppable.com uh, on Facebook slash restaurantunstoppable and Eric Cacciatore on Instagram and Twitter. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me uh, what your challenges are. I'll get somebody on the show to uh, who's an expert to, to help us with those challenges. And the best way to support this show, guys, if you do want to support the show is by sharing it. So if you know anybody who's aspiring to be great in the industry, please share this resource with them. Uh, the mission of this podcast again is to create positive change in our industry. If we're going to do that, we need to share knowledge. We need to lean on each other. We need to pass the knowledge on. We need to pay it forward. Right? So, uh, share this resource. Don't keep it to yourself. Anyone, you know, aspiring to be great, make sure they know about this resource again. And then I think lastly, just keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher radio. And I'm going to say it because as we discussed today, we should say it more often. I love you all. and I couldn't do this without you. So thank you so much for sticking around this long and for listening. And until next time, peace out.